Hey what's up guys this is KD Cloudy welcome back to another episode of Clouds on Air um i know i abandoned this podcast for a bit it's been like 5 months since the last episode and the truth is that i wanted to make like a like a journal of all the movies i watched in a theater um and so far in this year i haven't watched that many uh doctor strange is literally the third film i watched in theater this year i went back to college i was living over there for the past 3 months and um i did the stupidest thing i i i literally forgot my podcasting microphone so yeah i just couldn't record an episode even if i wanted to so yeah that was the reason why i really 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 wanted to do an episode on the batman and i was trying out to hack together ways of um you know make an make a podcast episode out of uh like the microphones i already had on my phone and all that stuff but it didn't work out so i'm going to do that right after this episode and uh, yeah like i'll just give you an update since i this this is literally the first episode of this year i'll just give you a brief update about uh, the different films i watched this year i watched um 50 films so far this year which is i mean quite a bit i usually watch like 100 120 films in a year but 50 is still uh yeah i mean it's yeah i i watched a bunch of uh films like from the beginning of this year i watched the before trilogy um which was great and uh, like amazing amazing feel good films i mean i could probably do a separate full length episode on the before trilogy it's that good but yeah i leave it leave it at that then i got on uh, on an ethan hawk uh role i watched a couple of his films and um, yeah i watched uh, kimmy by steven soderberg and i watched a couple of uh, a couple of his other films too uh then i watched uh of course the batman in the theater that was my first movie in a theater of this year and before that i watched the lighthouse and good time to prepare for some robert pattinson goodness uh then i wanted to get into batman a little more so i watched a couple of uh, batman animated movies batman year 1 and uh batman mask of the phantasm and batman hush and all those uh, couple yeah uh, yeah that that's about it and yeah the oscars happened this year um so i wanted to prepare for i usually watch each of the best picture nominees uh before the uh, before the before the award show but this year i couldn't but i did watch a couple of them uh i watched uh, the worst person in the world which is a norwegian film and like yeah like i said any movie which takes place in europe this is a norwegian film so it takes place in norway any film which uh takes place in that region like it it they inherently have this feel good vibe and i loved it and apart from this i watched uh paul thomas anderson's uh, licorice pizza and yeah i also watched coda which actually won the best picture award which was pretty good i don't think it was the best film on the list i mean i haven't watched all of them but yeah it was a small scale feel good film and 
something fresh and it was on apple tv plus and i had my subscription lying around so uh, i watched it it was it was fine it was, it was great uh then i watched uh, kenneth branagh's uh agatha christie what do you call it adaptation films uh, murder on the orient express and uh, death on the nile uh both of them were pretty decent i liked orient express uh, a little bit better and yeah then i watched a bunch of marvel stuff you know moon knight was there uh, again it had ethan hawk in it so that was pretty cool and i also got on a recent uh coen brothers role with uh, i watched hail caesar um and i also watched the big lebowski and i also plan to watch fargo and a couple of other films i loved the big lebowski i i've seen so many memes and so many you know cultural references from that film movie i just it just randomly struck me to watch this film and i watched it on my flight back home uh from from college and yeah i absolutely loved it in fact i i watched it the same day i watched doctor strange in the multiverse of madness which we'll be talking about in this episode and yeah doctor strange in the multiverse of madness was the most recent film i watched in a uh, theater now a little bit of context is important uh, like i said i was coming back home from my uh, college we have like i'm on vacations now so yeah i just thought let's let's watch this uh, before i hop onto my flight <laughs> and i'm getting it was planned like a month in advance <laughs> yeah the, the the tickets for this movie like went out a month in advance so like 6th 7th april and yeah my my tickets were already booked and everything i talked to my friends and it was it was a gamble it was a gamble planning a month in advance is a little difficult but you know what it's a marvel movie i made it happen uh actually not i reached the screening like a couple of minutes late i missed the avatar trailer so i was a little bit bummed about that but still i uh, we we got the seats uh center seats and yeah we had a great time and talking about this movie you know i i wasn't really excited because this is a new marvel movie or Uh, this is a new doctor strange movie of course like those were like factors which played in but the reason i was most hyped about this film was the fact that it was directed by the legend himself sam raimi now if you don't know who sam raimi is he directed the first three spider-man films spider-man 1 2 um the toby mcguire films and uh, yeah he really like he is the creator of the most I wouldn't say most iconic like one of the most iconic superhero films uh, in the world and he has had such a massive effect on the superhero film genre that fans call that trilogy the Raimi trilogy like and, and like very few directors have that kind of a personal brand where their name will get people excited to watch the movie I mean you have Nolan and you know all these other directors who whose name is plastered all over the film's marketing material and i think sam raimi is that for uh, the superhero subgenre superhero films niche you know and like everybody was excited that he was coming back to direct a film after like an 8 year long gap 
and not only were people excited but people were also a little including me of course were a bit concerned because you have to understand that marvel studios and you know the head kevin feige like for whom i have great respect for and like a lot of us are huge fans uh of him and like marvel just has this reputation of not letting filmmakers do what they want you know um just to give you a bit more context they don't really hire experienced directors per se um for example the russo brothers who directed infinity war end game and civil war you must think that they must have had like a big you know director resume for them to mar- for, for for marvel to hire them right and no really uh they like before marvel they were like their directing directing credits included a couple of episodes of community and arrested development like they were directing they were literally directing comedies uh before they stepped into uh into marvel films and captain america and the winter soldier and same with uh john watts who directed the new tom holland spider-man trilogy uh he just literally directed one film called cop car with kevin bacon in it and like i mean you you would think it's great that you know people like marvel is giving um indie directors or up and coming directors a chance by giving them access to all these resources and big budgets and same goes for chloe zhao chloe zhao just made nomad land and uh, they hired him to they hired her to do eternals and the list goes on and because of that because they hire you know these um inexperienced i won't even say inexperienced these directors often haven't found their style yet that's all what i'm saying and because of that they would rather follow the studio's instructions more to make stuff happen instead of um enforcing their own style or having uh or like sort of vetoing the studio's d- decisions you know that that kind of stuff is reserved for people with uh great pedigrees like you know James Cameron or um or David Fincher who are like known to have their own way when it comes to making their films and yeah that's what it is um marvel movies are never the like the singular vision of one person it's it often feels like a product of this like of disney slash marvel studios and that's like like and i say that as a huge fan uh even though i am a fan i recognize that 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 quality of these films and because of that uh once in a while when a really passionate director who is like really are uh, passionate about the stories they tell when once in a while when when that kind of a director or filmmaker comes along like James Gunn who made the Guardians of the Galaxy movies i would say that Guardians of the Galaxy both the films are like a singular vision of James Gunn because he wrote it he directed it and he has like major decisions when it comes to you know like even like down to what type of camera is supposed to be used um for the films you know stuff like that and 
and whenever marvel tries to hire a well known director um they, they like you'll often get reports of them being you know leaving the project or getting fired because of quote unquote creative differences most uh like infamous example would be edgar wright who was supposed to direct uh, the first ant-man movie but he just did not want to sort of uh compromise on his vision on his creative vision which is fair but marvel doesn't like that so they want to put it crudely gullible directors you know who would compromise on their creative decisions uh, to make stuff happen for of what marvel has decided beforehand and the interesting part is that scott derrickson the director of the first doctor strange film he was supposed to direct this one but he left due to the same quote and quote creative differences he just did not want to tell this multiverse storyline he wanted to tell something else with real horror elements and doctor strange uh, in itself like even in the comics has a lot of horror based elements and themes and uh, scott derrickson being the uh, being a horror based um director who 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 was like sort of familiar with the genre you know was exciting you know to to helm this kind of character but then again um that film was lacking in terms of action and all that and then we get this sam raimi news that scott derrickson is out and sam raimi is now going to direct the next doctor strange film now the thing about sam raimi is that before spider-man he was also well known for directing horror films and uh, more importantly low budget horror and he just sam raimi just has his unique style man like it's just so evident and like i said even in my no way home episode the movie just doesn't have a visual style to it and a lot of marvel movies don't except for maybe the guardians of the galaxy ones and a couple of more exceptions here there maybe shangshi and i was like the, from the fir- very first minute of doctor strange in the multiverse of madness you could see that sam this is a sam raimi film just because how he moves the camera the the color grading and the cross dissolves like i don't think that have ever been cross dissolves in a marvel movie but in this movie there are and the camera move, like the quick pans and the you know the, the, like it's a signature style and that that thing really shined through and i'm really really glad that marvel sort of let him you know take his creative freedom to do whatever he wanted uh at least with regards to the filmmaking standpoint because a lot of these other directors they just don't and yeah but, but this this film is really an exception in that case but even in that even in that uh, regard i would not say that this is sam raimi's singular vision this is not sam raimi's masterpiece mostly because a because he did not write the screenplay for this film uh, michael waldron wrote it who wrote the entire script for the loki disney plus series and secondly there were time constraints i don't think like see the thing is that 
Sam Raimi was basically a substitute director after Scott Derrickson's exit. So he like like a release date was already set, the deadline was already in place. So even if he wanted to, he couldn't get his full creative vision fulfilled. Um plus, you know, Marvel has to like interconnect with their other films and maintain continuity and all that and i watched a ton of sam raimi interviews in in the press tour of this film and from that what i've realized is that um he did really take a back seat in, in, in like in terms of his input to the story he really was serving um whatever marvel decided was the correct story but he was just helping to tell it he was actually much more cooperative in helping marvel deliver what's good for the fans instead of being selfish and uh, do what he wants to do perspective that's all i would say uh, that kind of a sentiment i've heard from roger deakins who's like a very well known cinematographer he's like he, he always says is that is, he always says that he does not have a cinematographical like style or anything he doesn't have um, a distinct look or anything of that sort he will always adjust his style as to what the story needs he his style is in service of the story and that's fair and that, and i think that sentiment stems from the fact that it's not his story it's not his vision it's the director's vision and he is helping to fulfill it and in the same way doctor strange in the multiverse of madness is not sam raimi's story it's not his vision it's probably kevin feige's vision and sam raimi is just helping to sort of put it out there visually uh but even in that case I've, and because of that i i thought that you know this is going to be another normal marvel movie but yeah like sam did not fail to put his um signature camera work and that visual mastery in every frame of this film uh that being said i think the visual style and the way this film um like the visuals of course and the camera work and all that stuff they are really the strong point of this film and all of that and plus the way the story flows be the way the way it's directed basically it really gives this film a soul and i think if sam raimi had not directed it uh this movie would have barely been like a two and a half star movie for me because the story itself is very 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 bare bones um it's a very simple story and the thing is that it like for a movie which has it uh, which has the word multiverse in its title like people thought that because of the events which happened in Spider-Man No Way Home uh the mul- multiverse would crack open and you'll have different characters uh, dropping into the MCU for no reason and like that that that, that that's exactly how this film was sold uh initially but this is definitely not that and because of that people were expecting all these cameos and everything and I'll get to the cameos we did get a couple of cameos but not not as many as people thought um but yeah um 
like only sam raimi could take such a simple story about about the themes of um i don't know i don't i don't get like themes and shit you know metaphors and all so i'll i'll leave that part out um but yeah only sam raimi could take such a simple story and turn it into something which is enjoyable and doesn't feel predictable and yeah did i did i like yeah the horror part the horror this is not really a horror film but there's a certain eeriness to it um like the the feeling of being chased by like a demon or something by an unknown force uh plus there are a couple of jump scares and i'm not really a horror kind of a guy i have barely watched like one horror film in my life <laughs> that i i won't even comment about it and uh yeah those those elements were definitely there and uh it definitely had a lot of um disturbing elements to be honest people dying left and right uh, people dying gruesome deaths and a lot of uh disturbing imagery with skulls and all this shit like i loved it i honestly loved it um and it was definitely refreshing to to not see squeaky clean imagery and like uh family friendly visuals and all that so that was pretty cool as well i think benedict cumberbatch like always rules as doctor strange and of course there are like multiple versions of his character from different multiverses so like he he really played that really really well uh elizabeth olsen great as wonder maximoff and um i didn't particularly like wonder vision i think it's my like least favorite of all my series but people really seem to enjoy it uh who are into sitcoms and who really really watch uh, a lot of tv shows um it was enjoyable but i i, I do think they're watching that series at least the last episode and how uh, it, it's it's important to see how her character builds into this uh, into this particular film also one thing i was really surprised to see that this movie just is paced really well this movie does not have any breaks within the first 20 minutes i guess uh, we are into the main meat of it and of course I, like i said the visuals are amazing amazing visuals uh and like there was not a moment where i was i was like uh, that's that's pretty shoddy cgi or that's pretty that vfx is bad there was not really a moment when that happened the action in this film was also like very very nicely executed i would say and again this is a pretty small scale film for something um which has the word multiverse in its title and i think like i said this movie has a soul because of that small scale feeling and i am glad this wasn't like a gigantic um end game level or no way home level kind of uh, cameo fest fan service fest of a film this was in very much in itself a doctor strange sequel there were like there was a lot of uh, i haven't watched the first doctor strange film in like a couple of months you have rachel mcadams character like right? you have christine and you're seeing her on screen after like so long after 5 years almost 6 years and it doesn't feel unnatural to uh, watch that character 
come back after so long and like feel out of place and yeah this was much more focused on um, doctor strange and the characters which he is associated with and there's also a scene which mirrored uh, the first doctor strange when okay do i give out spoilers yeah yeah whatever which mirrored the first one when uh, like Rachel McAdams character is operating on Benedict Cumberbatch and he is fighting this other guy's ghost uh that was that, that was sort of mirrored in this film when again uh Doctor Strange goes into this uh <laughs> comatose state and uh, Rachel McAdams is supposed to sort of guard his body and all that nothing spoilery um but yeah that that was a fun callback also uh that 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 musical notes fight scene it was great i don't think any other director apart from remy would have would have been able to pull that off again and speaking of music uh that entire sequence is like part of danny elfman's score and uh, i love danny elfman but i have to say that this this movie's score isn't as good as what michael jacino put out in the previous doctor strange movie not to say that danny elfman is bad i i just constantly binge on the first spider-man soundtrack uh like that was totally something else but i was expecting just something a little more something uh, a little more like mystical you know from the like the first uh doctor strange film um there was there was a lot of electric guitar i i have no idea about music i, I don't know why i'm even trying but there is a lot of like electrical guitar notes in this so that exactly did not feel uh as part of the vibe which the, which doctor strange is supposed to go for but the horror element definitely like the jump scares and the sudden notes and uh, that that was the, that that stuff was quite nicely incorporated um apart from that i loved a couple of uh, very very um a few scenes especially the third act uh and i also like the character of america chavez um uh, she's played by this 16 year old actress uh, whose name i just cannot pronounce um but yeah it's it's really really nice and also uh it's really weird to see these characters on screen who are literally like 4 or 5 years younger than you it just makes you feel how old you are i'm like 20 years old i i grew up with the mcu and for the first time in history i'm watching somebody who's younger than me um so yeah that's <laughs> yeah that was an interesting feeling and you know you know what let's let's start talking about the cameos uh, there is a big sequence like a solid chunk of the second act uh where doctor strange and america chavez they land in a particular universe which is different from the mcu and there we get to know that the mcu is labeled as earth 616 and their universe is labeled as 838 which is which goes right in line with the comics and uh yeah it also means that uh the mcu is basically the main canon line but yeah no uh, no talk aside uh that entire that entire scene in the 838 universe was 
amazing and so refreshing and once they enter i don't know was the baxter building yeah they enter the the ultron facility or what and we get to see the illuminati um which consists of, of course spoiler warning uh click away if you haven't watched the movie already but if you don't care you can continue listening we get um Haley Atwell's Captain Carter we get Lashana Lynch's Captain Marvel then we get Anson Mount's Black Bolt from the flopped TV show Inhumans <laughs> and then we get like this this was my dream fan cast of all time I, i'm not really into fan casting but this was my personal favorite fan casting ever since i watched the office this was john krasinski as reed richards slash mr fantastic i like see this these these cameos were already like spoiled for me like months beforehand so like i still screened in the theater but that wait wasn't really as uh you know direct for me uh but yeah, i loved watching him on screen but most importantly the great charles xavier himself oh sorry the great patrick stewart himself as professor charles xavier or professor x in his iconic golden chair doing his iconic mind reading pose and that iconic 1997 x men animated series themes it was a fan service fest you know like i thought after no way home you will get something more standalone because this is a remi film he likes to make standalone films but no they really really went for it Let, let's let's start with reed richards honestly um seeing that suit in all its glory i think like that was the best fantastic four suit like put to screen i mean it's simple it's comic accurate it's great and there was a sue storm reference in there and uh the sad part was that we barely got to see him in action i mean there was like he spoke like four lines and then he got killed off <laughs> uh which was like in the entire point of, of having them in and to show that how powerful wanda has become the scarlet witch has become professor x did, did have a little more to do he had a specific like dedicated scene uh, in the memory warehouse in the mind warehouse um yeah that was really cool he does that iconic james mcavoy pose and he says the iconic i don't even think it's that iconic he says uh, a line which was of special emphasis in x men days of the future past which is totally separate from the mcu it's in the fox x men universe like i have seen that film so many times i remember each and every line of that film it's one of my favorite superhero films of all time the moment professor x said that line out i screamed in the theater i screamed i sort of cheered and the embarrassing part was that i was the only one who did that <laughs> but i'm glad i did it i'm glad i did it and uh, there was a pretty pretty hardcore fanboy moment but then again uh professor x also got killed by the scarlet witch which marks his third on screen death for patrick stewart's charles xavier uh the first death was in x-men the last stand the second death was in logan itself yeah 
and this is the third death in on screen which is i mean it's it's become sort of like a joke at this point but okay i guess um as far as these characters go also yeah captain carter's death was like i just did not see that coming she literally got sliced into two halves and they couldn't show that graphic because you know pg-13 rating but that that's what i was referring to when i was uh talking about brutal deaths and uh mr fantasy just gets uh you know turned into a spaghetti and there was also black bolt's death black i like i'll be honest i don't know much about black bolt i saw a few clips from that in human show which <laughs> which looked terrible in itself but yeah black bolt's powers basically is that he has like supersonic breath or something and scarlet which just sh- like sealed his mouth shut like his like his lips were just gone and he screamed out of panic and he killed himself never done before in an mcu movie i do wish that um these cameos like here's the thing these these were literally cameos uh the these guys weren't really characters as like part of the main story like toby and andrew they were characters which you know they were essential to the story and these guys were just not and that's why they were cameos and i think that was a little bit off putting for me because i i just wanted to see a little more professor x and reed richards show you know till the end of the third act <laughs> uh, but i guess they just did probably did not fit in into the story um which which is fair which makes sense but um and the whole point was to sh- to give us you know instant deaths to give us a uh, an idea about wonder's powers as well like the fact that she's killing what is supposed to be this uh, all powerful defense of this other universe that that entire sequence was just to show how powerful the scarlet witch is gotten and nothing else and i think if they had built those characters a little bit more those uh, it would have been harder to kill those characters and just and because they didn't it was easy to kill them that's that's all i think it and i knew that those those like those were one off cameos so um their deaths did not really affect me it was like fun to watch because how gruesome they were and yeah it was just like i said fun to watch i do however really really hope that uh john krasinski john krasinski returns as uh 616 or like our main mcu timeline uh timelines reed richards because like i said that was my dream fan cast uh like you know john krasinski as uh, reed richards and uh, emily blunt probably as sue storm zack efron as uh, johnny storm and i don't know that like that's the fan cast i see on reddit all the time and it would be pretty cool to sort of watch but yeah i guess that's basically it like i said this was a pretty simple story all around and i don't really have much to say about it except that i just really had a good time the only thing which bugs me is that back in 2019 when they first uh, announced the release dates of these films 
um and then of course covid happened and all these release dates were shuffled all around doctor strange was supposed to come before both spider-man no way home and wandavision like if no way home took place after this movie that would have made little more sense because you know originally the plan was that america chavez whose superpowers she can literally open borders to the multiverse she was the one who was supposed to like uh create a portal to bring andrew garfield and toby mcguire spiderman into our uh into the mcu instead of ned uh but because these uh, days got shifted around it it just became uh, ned who opened the portal so yeah like small trivia like this is uh, like i find i find that fascinating mm-hmm. but yeah that's basically it those were my thoughts about doctor strange this 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 podcast was basically a lot more like trivia and stuff instead of my own opinions but that's okay i just wanted to get it all out and that's all i have to say i'll be watching it again in imax 3d uh on friday so let's see how the film holds up uh, on my second watch i like i said the batman episode is planned i'll probably watch the film a third time before i record the podcast and yeah that's basically it thank you so much for listening and i'll catch you guys in the next one cheers